thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I'd like to welcome everyone tonight. If you are a guest tonight, we're so glad to have you in service. If you're watching us online tonight, we welcome you as a part of this service, wherever you may be. It's great to have brother and sister Hemus in service with us tonight. Those of you that don't know who that is, Brother John and Sister Sherry are ministers, are missionaries in Liverpool, but this is their home. So we are so glad to have them in service with us this evening. Praise God. Mark chapter 2. number one Mark 2 verse number one and again he entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house it was noised that he was in the house and straightway, many were gathered together. Why were they gathered together? Because he was in the house. Insomuch that there was no room to receive them. They didn't have to have a program. They didn't have to have some kind of organized effort to fill the house. But they heard that he was in the house and there was no room no not so much as about the door and he preached the word unto them and they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four carried by four and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they bro had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. It's not my message tonight, but I just got to ask somebody, how determined are you to get what you need? Are you only interested in what you need if it doesn't require a lot of effort and, an ex and exertion on your part or are you like this man with four friends that made up their mind whatever we have to do to get to Jesus we will get to Jesus when Jesus saw their faith he said unto the sick of the palsy son thy sin be forgiven the Amplified says verse number one like this. And Jesus, having returned to Capernaum after some days, it was rumored about that he was in the house. The Living Bible says several days later he returned to Capernaum and the news of his arrival spread quickly through the city. Back to the King James, he entered Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house. I want to preach to you tonight for a little bit on this subject. 
Let's make some noise. Let's make some noise. Now, thank you for your response, but I'm not talking about physical noise in this house. I, I think some of you got that, but just to be sure. Let's make some noise. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place tonight. I thank you for your spirit that is manifested here and that is already moving and working in this sanctuary. And I believe, God, that you are not done with what you are going to do in this place tonight. That you are going to manifest your power in this place before we leave here tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, I trust you tonight. I depend upon you for your anointing. I trust you that you will allow me to be a messenger tonight, to deliver a word from you and not a sermon just to take up time in this service. I pray, God, that there would be faith in this house tonight to mix with your word. God, if we don't mix your word with faith, there is no benefit from it. So I pray, God, that faith would be released in this sanctuary tonight, that we would mix your word with our faith in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The, the key thing that was noised abroad was that Jesus was in the house. Because people understood if Jesus is in the house, something is going to happen and anything can happen. If Jesus is there and we do our part, he's going to do his part. You know, there's a lot of places throughout Scripture that these words are used. If, then. If, then. If you will do this, then I will do that. You and I can't blame God for not doing the then if we don't do the if. Because the if tells us what to do so that he will do what he said he would do. Straightway, many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. There was no space to get anybody else in the house. Too many people heard about what Jesus was doing and so too many people gathered together that there was not enough space but there was still some desperate folks that made up their mind. If Jesus is in the house and I can get to Jesus, I can get what I need. I just, this, this is not where I'm going, but I'm going to pause for a moment. I am so tired of hearing all the excuses about why you're not getting what you need from God. 
It's not the musician's fault. It's not the fault of the selection of songs. It's not the fault of the tempo of the songs. And it's not the preacher's fault if you're not getting what it is you need. If you are hungry enough, you will make up your mind, I will get something from him. If everybody's in the way and I can't come through the door, then I'm going to make a way through the roof. If there's a throng of people gathered around him out of curiosity, I'm going to make up my mind if I will just push my way through the crowd, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. I don't know what the ratio is, and so I'm not going to presume to say, but just from basic recollection of the Gospels, I think I can safely say that there are many more miracles that Jesus did in response to somebody's faith than miracles He initiated. There were some miracles that he initiated, but a lot of the miracles were a result of somebody that recognized Jesus is nearby. And I will not let this moment pass me by. I will not be passive about what I need, but if I've got to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, even if somebody tries to silence me, I'm not going to quiet down. I'm only going to get louder because I know... If I can get his attention, he can do what I need. And so he was in the house and it was noised abroad. The word spread that Jesus was in the house and Jesus was doing something about this one. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Oh God, I long for the day when we go beyond just being in one place. Just because we get together in one place doesn't mean we are in one mind and one accord. Just because we are all here tonight physically doesn't mean we have all come spiritually. It doesn't mean that all of us have come with our focus and our desires on Him. And what was required was not for them just to be in one place, but to be in one accord. And when they got in one accord, suddenly, 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 there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, Devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this, when what? A religious gathering? 
a meeting of religious people for just a service. No, when the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the evidence of speaking in other tongues and a rushing mighty wind, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. When what happened was noised abroad. Can I tell you tonight that I believe God does not do as much for us as He would like to do because we have a tendency for it to be about us. We want something from God because we're suffering. We want something from God because there's pain in our body. We want something from God because we're depressed and we're tired of being depressed. We want something from God because our marriage is a wreck and we're tired of living in misery. We want something from God because our kids have lost their mind and we're tired of the gray hairs it's adding to us. But the purpose of the manifestation of the power and the presence of God is not for personal consumption. Oh, as Brother Godwin would say, don't get quiet on me. Make me stay here longer than I'm... (laughs) I taught it a couple of Thursday nights ago. It's not about you. It's not about you. And I wonder if God would open up the windows of heaven and pour out some more blessings if he knew that if he poured out those blessings, it would get noised abroad. How many times does miracles happen in our services? We get excited about it. But that's the extent of it. What did Jesus say in Mark 16? These signs shall follow them that believe. Not precede, not come ahead of, but follow. Because the purpose of signs is not to confirm the believer's faith. The purpose of signs is not for the Holy Ghost filled to be more convinced that God is real. The purpose of signs is for the unbeliever that is following behind to be able to see that, hey, God is alive. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I I touched on this a little bit Thursday night. I'll probably be on it again some this Thursday night. But I wonder if we really made some noise, how much our evangelism would change. That rather than inviting people to a church, they hear a noise that something is going on. Jesus is in the house. Let me tell you something. If Jesus is in the house, you don't want to leave the house. 
I hope, hopefully I don't make any apostolics mad with this tonight, but if Jesus is in not, if Jesus is not in the house, don't be surprised if people are leaving the house. If the pews are emptying out and Jesus is not in the house, that is to be expected. But if Jesus is in the house and Jesus is doing what Jesus is able to do, there ought to be a noise that goes out from the house that others are able to hear. And the Bible says a noise went out and a multitude gathered. Oh, hallelujah. And we were singing salt and light, and y'all were dancing, shouting, and I was getting excited. Because we are to be salt and light. You are, we are, you as individuals, you and I individually are supposed to change the flavor of the world around us. If everywhere I go the flavor stays the same, then I've become salt that's lost its savor. If you and I are salt and light, then everywhere we go, somebody ought to start going, hmm, something's a little bit different. I might not be able to put my finger on it. I might not be able to recognize exactly what it is, but something has happened. Something is different. John 12 and verse 17, the people therefore that was with him when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead bear record. For this cause the people also met him for that they heard that he had done this miracle. They heard that he had done this miracle. There was a noise that went out from Lazarus coming out of the grave. And because they heard, they came. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing. Behold, the world is gone after him. There is no problem. There is no challenge. There is nothing going on in this world today that Jesus is not up for the challenge. They could not prevail. They could prevail nothing. Behold, the world is gone after him. And there were certain Greeks among them that came to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. We don't want to see your theological explanations. We, we don't want to see all of your religiosity. We, we, we want to see Jesus. They had heard something about him. They had heard what he was doing and out of curiosity they say, we, we've got to see him. 
They heard a noise. I've come to declare to Antioch Central tonight, it's time for Anne Arundel County to hear a noise. It's time for Prince George's County to hear a noise. It's time for the Eastern Shore to hear a noise. It's time for Washington, D.C. to hear a noise. It's not time for just another church service and just another gathering of believers. But it's time for somebody to hear a noise. I know some of you don't know it, you haven't heard it, but let me tell you something. Just over the last couple of weeks, there are some miracles that God has been performing. There's some things that God has been doing that would blow your mind. Hopefully it wouldn't blow your mind, but too bad it blows our mind. If it blows our minds, that means we really didn't believe it. If it blows our minds, we really weren't expecting it. I may not get this story exactly right, but several weeks ago now, a lady came to the Glen Burnie preaching point on a Saturday night. Brother Middleton was ministering, not knowing anything about her, and was testifying about God being a healer. Stage four. She sat in that service with stage four cancer. He didn't know it but he was making a noise. He had no idea, but he was making a noise. A week ago, correct? A week ago, Saturday night, she came back to church with the testimony that the stage four cancer is gone. That's what I'm talking about. That's a noise. Just heard, I guess some had heard it, but just heard a testimony this evening in our 515 meeting from the Eastern Shore congregation. How many weeks ago did you pray? How many weeks ago was that? Two weeks ago, a neighbor of brother and sister rafters, child had been born prematurely, had still struggling with some things from that, and just recently, a couple of weeks ago, had an infection, took her to Johns Hopkins, gave her antibiotics, Antibiotics started attacking the body at care group. Not Sunday night prayer requests so the whole body could join together. At care group, they prayed. And the infection stopped. And the doctor said... Apparently, she just got a strong will to live. No, somebody was making some noise. (laughs) 
Brother Barr, how many years had you had that promise you were hanging on to for your son? Eleven years. Brother Barr has been holding on to a rhema from God for his son. Three weeks ago, I think it was now, in a Sunday morning in Lexington Park, Brother Barr's daughter-in-law got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. But two weeks ago, brother and ba- brother and sister Barr went down to the service for her to get baptized. And in the course of that, their son decided to get rebaptized. And an 11 year promise came to pass. It's time to make some noise. I mentioned it Thursday night, but over the last couple of weeks, Brother Isaac and Sister Lacey, God has turned some things around in their life. Just in the last couple of weeks, God is not dead, but He is alive. Last night, Sister Emily Fishback walked in on crutches. By the end of the service, she had put the crutches down. She's come this morning and tonight without crutches. That right there is our problem. First of all, y'all hold me to what I said in the meeting, and if I get out of line, I'm accountable to you. But first of all, I don't understand how 50% of you are still sitting. Probably, probably, some of you are still sitting because you're now pouting. Because you ain't got a miracle yet. I've taught it the last several weeks. When Job prayed for his friends. When Job got his eyes off of himself. And on somebody else. God turned his captivity. I wonder if some of you. Are just one prayer away. For somebody else. Of getting what you need. to the other problem. That wasn't the real problem. The other problem. We got all excited about what I've just said and there's other things. There was, there was the mother of the lady that got healed of cancer was in that service last Saturday night and Sister Gross went to pray for her and recognized she was already speaking in tongues when she walked up to her. When they got done praying, Sister Gross began to talk to her about baptism in Jesus' name. She said, I've already been baptized in Jesus' name. She said, oh, where'd you get baptized? She said, at Antioch. At the warehouse. 
Back to the problem. We just did what we did. And it usually stays where it just was. Why don't we do something? You know what? If nothing else, some of you, why don't you do something productive with Facebook? Instead of, in, instead of, you know, never mind. Why don't you go home tonight and get on there, or like some of you do during church. You do know there's a time stamp on stuff you post and comment on. Always amazes me after church to see people that were commenting during church or posting during church. If if you're one of those folks, get on there right now then. Go ahead. Last night at church, had a young lady that walked in on crutches and walked out without them. Go ahead and make some noise about that and let somebody know he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I know we should respond the way we just responded. We should. But it shouldn't end there. That should become our ammunition to make some noise outside. I've been... I've been, I, I hesitate to say this. I hesitate to say this, but it, it, I, did, I, I referred to it Thursday night, but I didn't give you the title, and I'll, I'm going to, somebody, some folks may crucify me for this, but I'm, I'm reading the books right now called Preachers and Preaching. It was written about 40 plus years ago. So it's not a modern theology or ideology on preaching. And I'm reading in there, and I'm reading again. I shared with you the on Thursday night. Man, we we got we, we got all this stuff everybody's trying to come up with because Jesus isn't in the house. So if if we can just you know give a good motivational speak speech, at least people will leave feeling better, and hopefully they won't notice Jesus wasn't there. If the, if the, if, if the band will do their job and have a mini concert, people, you know, we get the lights turned down and the smoke on and that, that's going on in churches now regularly. Dim lights, smoke for the service, the band, which you can't, you can't, you can't tell the difference between that band and any other band. But if we have a good enough concert, if the preacher will say enough motivational words, you'll leave having punched a religious clock and at least feel a little better and not know Jesus wasn't there. And that's why people are getting dissatisfied and disillusioned. 
And that's why we need a revival of what Paul said. I haven't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. I'm not here tonight to appeal to your intellect. I haven't come tonight to sound smart. But I've come believing that we can have a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Sir, we would see Jesus. We don't want to see your program. We, we, we don't want to see your what you can do. We just want to see Jesus. Because if we can see Jesus. Isaiah 60 and verse number 1 says this. Arise. Sometimes we sitting around trying to get some deep. I, I, I had a person ask me a question. Like, Whoa, that was the wrong step, farther down than I thought. I'm gonna need healing after that for my back. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is in the house. I'm gonna make some noise. <laughs> Young man asked me last night, "What what do I have to do every day to focus on God?" He was very sincere in his question. Don't get me wrong. Very sincere. Part of what I said to him was, I said, you know what? I think we make this a lot more complicated sometimes. He, the, the prophet said, can you put that on the screen, 60, Isaiah 60 and 1? Look, 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 look what the prophet said. Pray and fast. Intercede. Go to the altar for your problem. No, the prophet said... Get up and shine. You know what? If you'd be willing to give up and shine, get up and shine, he'd be willing to give you some light. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. Hello? Anybody else want to join me with that? Thank God for what He does here. Thank God for what He does when we gather together on Sunday mornings. Thank God for what He does when we gather together in other places. But I don't know about you, when I go to the racquetball club tomorrow, I want to walk in there tomorrow that His light is on me. For behold, Folks, do you understand we are not dealing with anything in 2017 that is unexpected? There is nothing going on in this world that is a surprise if you've read your Bible. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth. And not just darkness, but gross darkness, the people. But that's where we stop. This is a dark world. Darkness is so heavy. The darkness is so gross. What are we going to do about all the darkness? We're going to add the next word. Darkness. Gross darkness. But that means in spite of, even though, the Lord shall arise. 
Not just the Lord's going to arise, but the Lord is going to arise on me. Not just on a church, not just on a group of people, but God is going to arise on thee. And the Gentiles, that's the unbelievers, that's the sinners, shall come to thy light. Oh, we need a little bit of revival of some old Sunday school. Well, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Because if I let my light shine, not just the Gentiles, but kings are going to come to the brightness of thy rising. I, I, you know what? We learn it in Sunday school. If you went to church, you learned it in Sunday school. But I think God cringes every time he hears that song. Because we sing... And it's kind of our attitude, even if it's not what we really are thinking, but this little light, this little light of mine, this little light of mine. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness Cannot overtake it. I think I just used it one service recently. But if I turn on, you see, here, here's our problem too. Are you ready? I'm my, I'm my light's getting ready to impact. Y'all are just going to go crazy on my light. Do you see what that light just did here? Oh. My God, whoa. Of course not. We got a room of light. But if we turned every light off and it was pitch black in here and I did that in just a moment, if you got eyes that work, the darkness would not overtake the light. This may be all the light you got tonight on Sunday night with all of us gathered together and we may not be able to see your light. But tomorrow morning when you walk into school, when you walk into that public school or you walk onto that college campus, when you walk onto the job, when you walk into a restaurant or walk into a store, there's no light. And so it may be a little light, but just a little bit of light is enough to put Push back the darkness. So here's what you got to do now. Lift up. Lift up your eyes round about and see. Oh, they gather themselves together. They come to, they come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar. Brother Barr can say amen to that one. Thy sons shall come from afar. And thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see 
and flow together and thy heart shall fear and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. Brother Wright, come on. We can't even get one or two people to come to church. We can't even get ten guests to come to church. You're saying that the forces of the Gentiles, that's what the prophet said. I watched a little bit the other night. I was, I'm, I'm not really an NBA fan. I, I like college back, basketball much better than I like the NBA. But I was watching the other night a few minutes on my iPad. I was watching a little bit of the... Uh, the Grizzlies-Spurs uh, game. And at one point, I was watching it. It was end of the third, maybe even the fourth. I think it was right near the end of the third quarter. And the Grizzlies were up by like 11 points. Man, their point guard, he was fist pumping. And they're hitting threes and going crazy. Slight problem. The game was not over. I think they had, I forget what the run they were on. In the next few moments, one player went on an 11-0 run. One player. And by the time the game was over, there were no Grizzly fans fist pumping because they lost. Let's just go ahead and put the cards on the table. We've been losing for a long time. We've been losing for three plus quarters. We've been losing, feels like, for part of the fourth quarter. But I wonder if anybody tonight would join with me and you would say what the prophet said. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, because I may have fallen. I may have gotten knocked down, but there's still time on the clock and I've got the most clutch player of all time on my side. And we may be down right now, but I've already seen the score at the end. And I can't always see how, but we will win. Somehow we... And I say we, I didn't say you, I say we, and I mean we. We have got to stop living, looking in our rear view mirror. We spend too much time thinking about what didn't happen. Or the negative that did happen. And I, it's no wonder Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. I press 
Why do you have to press? Because there's some doubt and there's some fear and there's some unbelief and there's some skepticism that's trying to get between me and the mark. But I'm not going to live off the patterns of the past. I'm going to forget what's behind me and somehow I'm going to press my way to the mark because you and I are more than conquerors. used these verses several months ago now I think it was but I felt led to share them again tonight Zechariah chapter 8 and verse 20 thus saith the Lord of hosts it shall yet come to pass it shall yet come to pass you understand what that means it hasn't happened it shall yet come to pass for the bars or any time in those 11 years, you just kind of wonder, question, maybe doubt it a little bit. But the Lord said, it shall yet come to pass that there shall come people and the inhabitants of many cities. And the inhabitants of one city shall go to another saying, Let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. You know what he's saying there? He's saying sinners will become the evangelists. Yay, a couple of people, and y'all, there's a, yay, a, a few folks, yay, a handful, no, yay, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem. And to pray before the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days, in those days, in those days, the appointed days, the appointed times. Is there, is there anybody that's afraid that spring is not going to come and stay? What was that? What, 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 when that one day this week when it got really cool again? Was that last week? One day this week, wasn't it? Last Sunday, Easter Sunday, is there anybody that was worried that summer came too quick? You know what? It was a hot summer day last Sunday. Except, it's not summer. Our problem is we aren't patient because when God gives a word, when God gives a promise, there is a those days. You have need of 
patience after you have done the will of God that you might receive the promise. You don't have need of faith because all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed and you can say to a mountain, be thou removed. He didn't say you needed a mustard seed of patience. You don't need a mountain of faith to move a mountain. Your faith does not have to be proportionate to the problem. You may only need a mustard seed of faith, but I tell somebody tonight, before you leave here tonight, you need to pull a dump truck up to this altar and let God fill it with some patience. Faith says God can. Patience says, excuse the grammar, but I ain't going nowhere until God does. And there's too many people that had enough faith but had no patience. And when God didn't do it right away because they had no patience, they got disillusioned. So after you've done the will of God and you've had some faith, you need to do like Paul said, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days, it shall, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of thy skirt of him, of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, we will go with you. Come here, brother brother uh, Seth. You come stand up here. You would, please. You could just come stand right there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You guys come up here. Come here. You, you, you look that way. I want, I want to somehow get a hand on him. All ten of you. The Bible said ten got a hold of one skirt, so that means you can do it somehow. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. In that day, can you put that verse back up there, please? In that day, ten are going to get a hold of you saying, we're going to go with you. Hmm. I wish y'all would shout me down instead of sit me down. Ten are going to grab a hold of you saying, we will go with you because we have heard a noise. And since we've heard a noise, if you'll lead the way, then we're going to follow where you're going. Because when we've heard that noise, we've heard that Jesus is in the house. And if Jesus is in the house, anything can happen. Ten. Ten to one. I'm, I'm tired of ten saints for every one guest. 
that I'm tired of ten saints for every one guest. I know, I know, it's, I know it's every, every, every verse has got multiple layers of application. And there's no greater rhema than a rhema from the Word of God. Ten. 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 Are going to grab a hold of you and say, we will go with you. Why? Because we have heard that God is with you. Thank you, gentlemen. You know what? I am not suggesting you do this. You go downtown tonight. Go down to the city dock. Go stand right in the middle of that dock area. And you start screaming. And tell me if you don't draw some attention. It, it is human. Naturally speaking, it is human nature. When you hear a sound, you do not have to tell yourself, look. You hear and you look. You hear, and it causes a spontaneous reaction. If they're not coming, at least in the context of this message, there's one problem. There's no noise. You tell me if people start hearing a noise and people start hearing what God is doing and people start hearing about God's ability they're going to hear a noise and the result of the noise is to be drawn to the noise Micah chapter 4 and verse 1 but in the last days oh I love this in the last days in the fourth quarter in the ninth inning It's going to come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow unto it. In the last days, it will come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills. I don't know why I keep coming across it these last couple of weeks or so, last couple of days especially, but, but, but the challenge, and again, when I read something that was written 40 years ago, and 40 years ago they were facing the same challenges that we face today. Forty years ago, there was a call going out to men and women of God, a challenge to preach the Word, not to become speakers, not to become speech makers, not, not to become orators, but to preach the Word of God. My flesh says, you got to change. 
My flesh says you might want to pay attention to the times. You might want to keep up with the times. You might want to get rid of the pulpit and get a nice little stool and a nice little chair and just sit and have a conversation. My flesh says that. I'm not, I'm telling you what my flesh says. My flesh says maybe I'm alone. You, you got to understand. Some of you know this, but some of you don't know me nearly as much as you do. Think you do. I, I, I am, I, I, I have a few routines. I'm, I'm a, I get a little bit stuck in ruts. We walked in, we walked into, we walked into Mission Barbecue a couple of Sundays ago. My boys were with me and Angie and the girls were meeting us there and I walked in and I thought she was there and I said to Timothy and Nathaniel, is your mother in here? And the lady that goes around and helps cleans up before Timothy could say anything, she said to me, no, she's not here. I don't know if they'll do this every time, but as of today, they didn't call our name to come get our food. They brought our food to our table. I'm, 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 I'm a little bit traditional. I don't, I don't, I don't do change very well. Huh? My, my wife and I think my girls have now Add on it. You do know you can wear a different tie with that suit, right? <laughs> Give me my tie. This matches. This works. Why do I need to change? So sometimes I question my own self. Is this just your stubborn personality? But then I decide. As Mordecai said to Esther, I have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I wasn't made with a personality of some risk taker going to a different restaurant all the time, eating something different at the same restaurant. All I was made to be stuck in the mud. As long as the mud I'm stuck in is the unchanging, forever settled Word of God. So I got to tell you, Sister Gross... I'd be a whole lot more dignified if I had me a stool and a table here tonight and I was just conversing with you. But the apostle said, I came to you not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost and in another place where it said the foolishness of preaching. So call me what you want to call me. I'm just simple enough to believe that there is still some power and demonstration to be had. So he says, in the last days, you know what? I know about half of y'all go someplace else on Sunday morning. Let me just excuse you. I don't mean this to be the poor me's, but I got to tell you, it's a challenge almost every week when you walk in here on Sunday morning and everybody in the Sunday morning service can fit in the first half. We don't, we block off the back half. 
And then I drive by some church that's got two or three services a day and the parking lot's filled up. But you know what? In the last days. Oh, Brother Wright, you're just trying to say that to make yourself feel bitter. You're absolutely right, I am. Because if you can't live with hope, if you're living without hope, what's the point in living? But in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it. Do you get what that said? Where is the mount, where is the house of the Lord established? In the top. Of the mountain. Last time I checked, water flows down. But this said, in the last days, something's going to change and it's going to flow up. When the Son of Man comes, Will he find faith on the earth? The purest, truest context of that verse is not the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because if I'm not mistaken, memory serves me correctly, that's the same, it's connected to the same story of the the widow woman knocking on the door of the unjust judge. And she keeps knocking, saying, I need you to avenge my son. I need mercy. And he will not, but finally he does. And that's when Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? What that means is, when you are praying and asking and nothing's happening, when you are believing for a breakthrough and you're believing for an outpouring and it's not happening, are you going to be there when it finally does happen? Or will you give up before it happens and throw in the towel and say, I guess it's never going to happen? People shall flow unto, and many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob, and He will teach us of His ways, and we will walk in His paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion in the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The Message Bible says it this way, verse 1, But when all is said and done, God's temple on the mountain, firmly fixed, will dominate all mountains. Mm. When all is said and done, God's temple on the mountain, firmly fixed, will dominate all mountains, towering above surrounding hills. People will stream to it. So you know what? I don't know how many more Sundays we'll come to Arnold on Sunday morning and fit in the front half. I don't know how many more days. It may even be a couple of more years. But Brother Benner, there's coming a point that people are going to stream. I said there's coming a day 
that people are going to not trickle, but stream. And many nations set out for it saying, come Let's climb God's mountain. Let's go to the temple of Jacob's God. He will teach us how to live. We'll know how to live God's way. True teaching will issue from Zion and God's revelation from Jerusalem. In the last days. May not have happened yet. That's all right. Let's not be in the last days. We haven't seen it yet. Oh well, I guess that just means one thing. We're not there yet. Our problem is, instead of deciding, well, I guess we're not there yet, we start questioning, will it ever happen? But if we could just get a hold of the fact that in those days, ten people are going to grab a hold and say, I have heard of your God. In those days, they are going to flow up. They're going to flow up the mountain. I said it earlier. Obviously, I knew what I felt led to preach and where I was going. That God was not finished in this service. And I believe that there are miracles in this place tonight. And God is about to demonstrate His power in this place tonight. But He's about to do it for one purpose. Not so some of you can finally get what you've been waiting on. But God is about to do the miraculous in this place tonight so that we, so that we, can make some noise. So that we can say, hey, let me tell you. Not just about what the Bible says. But let me tell you about what God just did for me. Let me tell you what God did for somebody else at my church. Let me tell you what God took care of. Let me tell you what God healed. Let me tell you what God provided. Let me tell you what God took care of. Let me tell you what God delivered me of. It's time for us to make some noise. You know what? The world is, and if they aren't already, they are becoming disillusioned with religion. And that, my friends, is an excellent opportunity. Because the greater the darkness, the less light that is needed. The greater the darkness the less the light that is needed to push back 
the darkness. I want you to stand. In just a moment, I'm going to give an altar call. Don't start coming until I finish. If you're here tonight and you need a financial breakthrough in your life, you've been faithful. You haven't gone out signing up for every credit card they'll get you, running yourself in debt, buying stuff you can't afford. You've been faithful and you need a financial breakthrough. But you will commit tonight that if God will provide, I will make some noise. If you're here tonight and you've got sickness in your body, whether it's a disease, some kind of chronic pain, whatever, and you will commit that if God does it, I will make some noise. If you've got some family problems, your marriage is struggling, you've got children or parents that are struggling, and God will turn it around, that you will make some noise. Then in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come. But I'm also going to invite you to come that you'll be willing to say, if I come and promise God that He'll do it for me and I'll make some noise, if He doesn't do it for me, but He does it for somebody else, I'll still make some noise because the bottom line is I may have pain in my body but I can still pray for somebody else and God heal them I, I hope you know me I hope you trust me enough I have not come tonight to simply try to preach a message to hype you up but I believe with all of my heart I have come tonight to deliver a word from God to this congregation. Like, give me one of them. Somebody got one of them prophecies real quick? Let me have one of them prophecies back. I'll give it back to you. Thank you. It says in here, that from here, from here, God was going to affect the world. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to tie into what Sister Smith said last night. This prophecy is not about call to war. This prophecy is not about when Bishop Wright stands in this pulpit. God affecting the world from here is about you and it's about me. And so I think I could say it this way. A couple of weeks ago, God said to us, it's time to make some noise. So, you're not coming just to, so you can get something from God for yourself. 
But you're coming saying, if he'll do it for me, and even if he doesn't do it for me, if he does it for somebody else, I'm going to use that as the sound with which I am going to make some noise. If you're willing to do that, then I'm asking you to come stand in this altar right now. I want you to come kneel. I want you to come stand. Because in just a moment, we're not going to come laying hands on everybody. We're getting ready to pray the word of, we're getting ready to speak the word of faith. I want you to stand. I want you to stand. We're getting ready to speak the word of faith. And God is going to do it. Because this is not about a personality. Listen, listen, as you're coming, listen. When the children of Israel crossed or left Egypt to go into the wilderness to begin their journey to the promised land, one man stood on the edge of the sea and held up a staff. I need you listening. I know we can't walk and chew gum at the same time. So, When they came out of Egypt, one man stood with a staff and the waters parted. But when they were leaving the wilderness to cross into the promised land, the priests bear the Ark of the Covenant. And Joshua, who was now Moses' replacement, was not the focal point of crossing into the Promised Land. Because when they crossed into the Promised Land, nobody, needed to be able to be the face of the victory. And so we've had Moses get us out of Egypt. But we're entering the promised land and we go together. And it's time, I, I tell you, if you weren't here last night, Sister Smith delivered a word from God. The gist of it was, in the Old Testament, they talked about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And what she said last night, what the Lord said through her was, a lot of us know about the God of Chester. But what it's time for is for it to become my God. And I believe if you and I will reach out by faith tonight, something is going to change in this place. Don't mean this to sound defensive. I'm not trying to sound like if it comes across with a chip on my shoulder. That's not what I'm trying to say. But God is saying this to us tonight, not with Brother Smith, not with Brother Shelton, not with Brother Nichols, but just with us. Because if you and I will embrace it, God can do it. And when it gets done... God gets the glory. So I'm telling you, I believe with all of my heart in just a moment, God is going to do the miraculous 
in this place tonight. I'm going to say it again. I'm not trying to say this as a cop-out. I'm just saying it because I believe it's the truth. You better make up your mind. You need to make up your mind that God, whether you do it for me or not, if you'll do it, I am going to make some noise. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to begin to release some faith right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Just a moment here. For a, for a moment right now, what I want you to do is forget what is behind. Forget what is behind. Forget the disappointments of the past. Forget the failures of the past. Forget the times in the past you believed and it didn't happen. Come on. Come on. Just another moment. I feel something being released in this place right now. Come on. Come on. That's it. I, I don't know if you feel it or not, but I can sense <laughs> there's some faith rising. I feel some faith rising. Yeah. Come on. Come on, that's it. Just another moment or two. That's it. Come on. Forget about everybody else right now. It's you and Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He cut out a boho shanda rabahai. He cut In the name of Jesus Christ, by the authority of the Word of God, and by the power of the name of Jesus. I speak to finances right now to be turned around in the name of Jesus. I speak provision right now in Jesus' name by the authority of the Word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. I speak to sickness. I speak to disease. And I command you to go in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. If you believe it, I want you to begin to release your praise. Come on, we're not asking. We're not asking. We're not asking. I release healing in the name of Jesus. I release deliverance in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, come on, come on, that's it. Reach out by faith. Reach out by faith. Reach out by faith. It's in this place right now. It's in this place right now. Come on. I hear a noise. I hear a noise. I hear a noise. Somebody's going to be able to walk in to a doctor's office and tell a doctor what God has done. Come on. Come on. It's moving in this sanctuary. It's not about a feeling. If you feel something, that's great. But it's not about a feeling. It's about faith. It's about faith. If you feel led to pray for somebody, you're free to do that. Come on, you don't need somebody to pray for you. But if there are those of you feeling led to pray for somebody, I release you to do that. Come on, the Holy Ghost is doing something in this place right now. Come on. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. Come on, come on, somebody needs to press past your past. You need to press past your past. Come on, some of you battling a little bit of doubt right now because of your past. But I encourage you, forget what is behind and press towards the mark. Hey, 
Come on, there's some more of you that you need to let God use you now. Come on, you've received something. Now it's time for God to flow through you. It's time for the Holy Ghost to flow through you to somebody else. Speak a word of faith. Don't ask. Don't beg, but speak. Say to the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Sickness, you've got to go. Disease, you've got to go. Pain, you've got to go. Finances, you've got to be loose. Marriages, you've got to be restored. Families, you've got to be made whole. 